five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the new episode of the Coffee or Tea podcast. And today I have a very lovely guest and very special one as well. But I'm not gonna. I'm gonna give him a little bit of introduction. Do you want to do it on your own, or do, do you want to tell the people what you're uh, doing? Yeah, well, yeah. My name's Robin. Um, I'm an, I'm the owner of Stoker's Fun Pancakes in Melbourne. And um, yeah, well, I've known Daniel for a long time now. So uh, we're family friends and we'll go way back. So it's good to see, uh, good to see him uh, on the podcast. Yeah, well, so, so trying, trying, emphasize on the trying. <laughs> I mean, originally- <laughs> We're <all I> trying. <laughs> yeah, well, because originally I was hoping to be like, where I'll bring like a microphone or like a, um, like a Zoom recorder and then just go to like every, every person. Or, mm. and then hopefully like in the end, um, it, I'll have like a little small space to invite people over. But obviously with the lockdown right now, I can't do much other than just doing it over the internet. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it works. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to start off with is your shop, mm-hmm. Stoker, the pancake shop in Melbourne. Do you want to give us the exact location of where it is? Yeah, well, we're located in uh, 231 Clarendon Street in South Melbourne. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's where it's been for the last seven years. It's fucking delicious. It's so good. <laughs> so good. Um, so how long have you had the shop for? I think it's, what, four years? Uh, no, seven. So we have Jeez. been here for seven years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then so the history behind, this, uh, behind Stoker is you took it over from an original company? Yes. So, yeah, yeah. So um, Stokers has been around since the 1970s. Um, obviously, originally, originally uh, originated in the suburbs, actually. So it's not in the current location. Um, so it's been in, in its original location for about 30 years or so. Um, but because uh, they're re- redeveloping the land over there, so that site is no longer um, existing. So... Um, about 80, uh, seven years back, um, they opened a second store here in South Melbourne. Um, and then, so that's when I discovered this place was up for sale and then uh, I decided to take it over seven years ago. Wow, seven years ago. Because I remember like the first, because obviously, like, like you said, we, our family have been friends for a very long time. And then I, but I don't think I knew about you opening the shop until maybe like it was a bit more like up and running. Just because like, I hear it from my parents and then like obviously mom just suddenly said oh i think it was actually the f- like one of the times where i was about to go down to melbourne just for just uh, for a holiday and then and then mom just went um oh yeah you should check out robin's new shop and i was like wait what he has a new shop wait what is it it's like oh it's the pancake shop i was like oh what and then like i remember the f- first time going there like it just had such a nice relaxing vibe to it and obviously it still does like I, th- I don't know. Like I think coming back from London, I mm. think I really enjoy like how, um, how people use utilize small spaces and make it so it doesn't feel small. Yeah, I, I don't know if that was a. I don't know if that's one thing that you were trying to do, but like, I, I can only I can only say for what I've seen because I know a lot of times like in UK, especially in London, like people don't have enough space to do. Um, like you know in Australia you can have a giant pub or a giant brewery and then, and then the restaurant front 
But whereas in London, it's that's not really possible because everything's so expensive and the rent's so high. So everyone's got to、mm. like, essentially, you know, like <laughs> it's like a problem-solving game, isn't it? They got to make sure, like, how do I make this work? How do I make that work? And so I remember, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go on. Oh yeah, there definitely.、Um, I mean, I think um, um, it's quite common in Melbourne to have small small places. I think、uh, it's kind of maybe one of the features in Melbourne that a lot of cozy little spots.、Um, mm. Yeah, just. I think people really like the homely, really cozy kind of atmosphere.、Um, yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's what we're going for as well: something cozy, something warm, something homely.、Uh, they can feel comfortable to relax. You know, I think that's one of the things just to be able to relax. Yeah, and then so let's talk about what's happening now.、Um, this podcast is being recorded on May the eighth, two thousand twenty twenty, and obviously we are currently in the midst of our、uh, coronavirus lockdown.、Mm. Hey, sorry, Daniel. Just one sec. The audio is coming out funny. Let me just have a. Yeah, that's fine.、It's、coming a bit fast. Hello, hello, hello. Is that better? Okay, I think that's better now. Yeah, <laughs> was、okay. making this weird buzzing noise.、Um, yeah, so talking about COVID now.、Um, yeah, I guess it has been a quite a big challenge for us、um, mm. as. As we we're talking about before, so we're all, we're all about the atmosphere, you know, about the cozy atmosphere, the dining experience,、uh, coming here, you know, having a good chat with the barista, and you know, having a chat with the customers. So、uh, that's always been a big draw card for us,、um, mm. and we've always had a lot of regular customers that come for a chat, come for a coffee. Uh, and coming for performances, I see you do a lot of、um, yeah, and, open gigs. Yes. Yeah, so、uh, that's all. That's as of last year, we started doing those open mic nights as well. So、mm. those has been、uh, very good. So yeah, so that's a big missing part of our trade. So that has been、uh, hard. So we had to adapt quickly to、um, focus more on online deliveries and takeaways,、uh, which we were doing already.、Uh, we were、mm. doing、um, takeaways and deliveries already.、Um, so like Uber Eats but,、um, or Deliveroo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but we didn't really focus on it too much because we thought we would say, "Hey, our our main、uh, focus is on on dining experience、mm-hmm. and you know the yeah the sit down experience." So we didn't really pay too much attention on it. Sort of there just to subsidize sort of our trade.、Um, so yeah, it was a matter of working out how to bring that experience to people at home. Yeah. So.、Um, so what's the first? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no.、Um, first thing that we did was、um, uh, overhaul the menu that's available online because、uh, mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't offer everything online originally. Yeah.、Um, obviously, some of the dishes travel well, some of the dishes don't. Yeah.、Um, some of the dishes had to be prepared differently. We have to、mm-hmm. work out a new way to present them, a new way to cook them, and and sort of package them.、Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the first things that we had to work out. Um, and also,、uh, the other hard part was sort of working out the pricing as well, because obviously、um, we had to take in consideration that because now everyone's everyone suddenly is on the delivery pa- platform,、yeah. the competition suddenly is much more fierce as well.、Yeah. So obviously, you're suddenly competing with people that you aren't normally competing with.、Yeah. So we sort of taken taking that price point into consideration as well, and offering maybe. Uh, adjusting our prices,、uh, yeah. So those are the things that we did initially. Yeah. 
So, because I know, um, can I can I assume that can I say that Stoker, after you taken over, you are going for a boutique sort of experience. Yes. So, if that's the experience you are going for, how hard has it for you to obviously a cut the prices down and b not having that visual um, effect when people actually walk in to to mm. feel oh yeah this does feel like you know it's not like a you know um, what's a good one like it's not like a coffee club the Aust- like Australian mm. coffee club you, you go in it's a complete very unique experience and so now that you guys are doing all these changes to to be more affordable or to be a, bo- a bit more relatable to the current situation like do, have you found that easier with doing everything online or has it been harder uh i guess it's, it's more of a shift in focus i guess um mm. so instead of focusing more on the the experience of coming here and sort of the atmosphere we're trying to focus more on the on the food presentation but like uh, focus more on the food actual food presentation offering sort of more um, uh, one of the things we did was was offering more customizations that they can do online than Mm -hmm. they would be able to when they were dining in Um, so I guess it's sort of because usually those kind of things occur when we talk to a customer hey hey, can we make this change and we can sort of um, communicate that face to face like, hey I want yeah. to make this change I want to change it to this and that yeah. so yeah what the other thing was sort of offering sort of coming up with a menu that where they can do that at home they can sort of hey I want to pick this I want to put this in my pancake I want to have some strawberries or yeah. whatever sauce they want so yeah, I guess that's sort of adding to the experience of being able to customize being uh, to personalize their yeah. pancake um, so and then also um, we worked on our packaging sort of finding sort of finding the right packaging to make it look nice still mm-hmm. like it still look looks pretty presentable at home yeah. um, and also just sort of um, and travel retrain. easy like yeah, the packaging yeah, exactly. it looks so much mm. like so for the people that haven't seen it or have never been to Stokers what Robin has done is um, what's the um, I'm not sure what's the word for it but you've essentially made you you've already made the pancake and then you've essentially just wrapped it around with um, what's the uh, I don't know yeah don't know, so like laminated mm, sort of thing yeah it's, it's a vacuum pack so that yeah. was the other um, so the other part of uh, so that so that mostly originally was sort of more dealing with um, uh, sort of ready a uh, cooked cooked meals that's delivered to people's houses but um, yeah. but we need to come up with some new ideas to that we can. Um, let people do it themselves at home. So like can heat up at home. Yeah. Cause um, sometimes, cause some of the deliveries, they, they cost quite a bit, you know, every time you order food, it's, there's a delivery cost. Mm. So sometimes you might want to buy in bulk yeah. to keep stuff at home that you can just cook. Um, so we're trying to cater to that kind of market. So, yeah. uh, so that's why we uh, decided, Hey, we can, uh, we worked out that we can, uh, we can vacuum seal our mm-hmm. pancakes. So they have to be made fresh and then vacuum seal quickly so that, they stay fresh yeah. and then um, they can sort of take home and reheat them at home at their own time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because when I saw it, I was like, Oh, that's, that's a great idea. So when I'm, so I, I want to talk about a little bit with the, um, cause you mentioned 
ordering online and then partnering up with like delivery room or all these sort of takeaway Uber Eat companies, do you get, do they take a lot of percentage out of that or do you make more in the end? Mm, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, like how I does it work? More, yeah. Uh, so what they do is uh, they will charge a 30%, 30 to 35% commission fee on top of, uh, sorry, for every order that comes through. So, so say if I $10. order like a $10 one, yeah, like you said, $10. Mm. So I'm the customer, I've ordered a $10 um, meal from your shop. Mm-hmm. So what, what happens to that $10? Oh, so yeah, they will take $3, $3, $3 or three fifty from that. Yeah. Okay. But I thought, because what I don't understand is if they're taking another, so the driver, the delivery guy, the messenger, they take a mm-hmm. um, couple dollars. They add like an extra five, $5. I remember always seeing like yes. whatever you order and then underneath it, it's like a delivery fee. Mm-hmm. So yeah, is that yeah. delivery fee completely <laughs> going towards the Yeah, messenger? so they do take quite a bit. They, they, um, so what, yeah, they do charge the customers a delivery fee. And yeah. they also, I think they do also take a percentage from um, the drivers as well. So they do oh, take quite a bit from each party. So <laughs> they do oh, make shit. quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. So do you do your own takeaway then? Like, do you have like your own guys doing we your own takeaway? We are doing, no, um, just because um, at the moment we're not doing, I mean, I, I've been doing some myself, sort of dropping off some of those take-home packs myself mm-hmm. during the daytime. Because um, in yeah. terms of our own drivers that we, we don't have our own drivers. No. Yeah. Okay. So in regards to, so that that's that. So in regards to the customers, like the actual walk-in customers in your area, because I've I've been mm-hmm. to your your shop many times, but yeah, I don't know the area because obviously um, for the people who don't know, I'm currently in a completely different city than Robin, so I have no idea what it's like in Melbourne right now. Yeah. So because of the lockdown, is your area? Because I know your area is quite um, busy with just just different people and markets. Ar- just literally down the block so how is that just completely gone like there's no one or is there still people walking in to order coffee or takeaway pancake or food initially the, i think the first three four weeks um it was very quiet yeah definitely there wasn't people walking around mm. um, because uh there's actually a lot of uh, offices here so a lot of those office people aren't around during daytime because everyone's at home working from home. Yeah. Um, so it was really, really quiet around here. Even locals tend not to walk around too much. Um, okay. But over the last week or two, uh, we have seen an increase in foot traffic. Uh, yeah. People are out and about and sort of trying to do their daily walks or go to the market or the shops and stuff. So we are seeing a bit of life coming back to the street. Yeah. But it's definitely not near the level it was before. Yeah. And... Okay. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? How, what, what was it like in Melbourne when it first happened? Because I must say in Brisbane, when it all happened, because, okay, so I, I saw what I saw the beginning um, of London, like how everything started happening. And then like, uh, yes, but yes. When, when I was there, it was still people, but you can see it was dramatically like all the touristy spots. There was like, you know, like maybe 40% of people left, but mm. Now that I know when I came back to Brisbane, there was I don't know if it's because just because Brisbane, like Queensland in general, is just so big that like there's not there's there's just not that much like people 
there's the density isn't as high as like say like Sydney or Melbourne. Yeah. But I didn't feel it as bad in Brisbane, other than the highway and the roads to the city is a lot empty. But that's yeah. about it. What was it like? Was it surreal for you in Melbourne, seeing like everything just slowly empty, empty, empty? Mm, I think um, Melbourne initially. I think I think Australia in general, like we took a very lightly at this at the beginning i think no one thought much of it at all um, so, <laughs> i mean i was still out and about and uh, everyone was still out and about mm. and uh yeah so i think it wasn't until the lockdown happened um that's when things started feeling real you know like it's uh, hey it's actually happening yeah yeah but i think um initially it was even the initial the first couple of days was still okay because i think stage two restrictions were still pretty lax i mean you can still go to, you can still have dining. Uh, we still had dining uh, oh. customers. Yeah, we yeah. can still have dining customers just at a re, um, reduced amount. So we can have probably only about 10 people in here to abide by the um, two meter square rule. So did you have like a um, staff just outside, like doing like the Taiwanese way where they like tick off the names and things <laughs> like that? <laughs> uh, we went at a little bit high tech. So we actually uh, created like a spreadsheet <laughs> kind of thing. And then we had like a tablet displaying how many people uh, we had in the restaurant, how many people yeah. we can take. And so we had like sort of, we had this system going that we can constantly update the number of available seats on the window. So, yeah. um, so that was something that we came up with pretty quickly uh, with yeah. the help of friends. So that was quite fun doing that. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was still hard at the start. I mean, I mean, but I think very quickly after three, four days, they went into stage three very quickly. So mm. um, that's when we saw, hey, well, empty streets, especially like um, on a Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday nights, you see yeah. all the pubs here empty. Like, and because at the time was still pretty warm, the weather's still warm. People yeah. used to sit outside, and, yeah. and empty streets, and no cars. There's no no people sitting outside having having a drink. And yeah. So yeah, that was pretty. Uh, pretty interesting to see empty streets yeah because um i think after i came back to australia my um my old flatmates in london sent me photos and then it's essentially like empty like like you know like you know that movie like i am legend with will smith like yeah. I, I mean it's just like no one it's just him and his dog it's basically like that and then like and i remember like he showed me of um as he was taking the video the footage of um Piccadilly Circus, which is like one of them, like the densest like area during peak hour yeah. in London. And then the there was still what was weird was because public transport they still had to do public transport, so there were still people driving mm. buses and taxi drivers. But like it was almost like you're in like um, Sims, like Sims Four, Sims <laughs> where like yeah. just driving for the sake of driving. Like there's no like yeah, no yeah. one on it. It was just like fuck yeah 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 it's a pretty funny comparison actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah um uh, good old sims yeah so what what was the so how how does your staff members how, how does your kitchen staff and your your baristas how do they feel about the whole thing like have you had to um hold hold them off or have you had to or were you able to keep them all on on board yeah up up until now has been pretty okay actually i haven't had to lay anyone off um, mm. Kept it pretty normal for them, actually. Um, That's good. They have their their hours haven't changed, and their their sort of working hours are still pretty much exactly the same as it was before. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Yeah, because I think luckily for me was that in January and February, we were going through, um, we were already sort of going through um, some restructuring. So, okay. um, so yeah, sort of, to, to sort of like uh, working out where we can cut, cut down on costs and sort of streamline the operations. And mm. um, so we were already sort of running, running pretty, um, pretty lean at the time okay. already. So, so luckily at that time, um, and also I think there was a few people that left not for, for other jobs or left for different reasons, but, um, but we mm. just haven't, just happened on at the right time so i didn't have to replace anybody or oh, okay. so it just worked out okay for me yeah so luckily for them right now i haven't had to lay off anyone yeah so up until now still operating pretty much. fingers crossed for them i want to keep it as normal as possible yeah of course yeah and well i mean hope i don't know what the rule in Mel- in victoria is but mm. um i think queensland is getting better in regards to like new cases and yes. i think as of next monday the coming monday um, year ones, uh, I believe kindergarten ch- children and year 11 and year 12 are going to go back to school and then mm-hmm. everyone else like two, three, four, five, all the way up until year 10, they're going back as yeah. of the 25th of May. Is that the same as, and I'm assuming like once that happens, I think that's a big sign of like, okay, we can slowly, every, all the businesses start yeah. slowly go back, all the pubs, all the cafes, all the clothes shops, all the big department stores and things like that. Would, is that similar to Victoria, the rules? Uh, I think Victoria is a little bit uh, behind in terms of uh, compared to Queensland in terms of uh, re- relaxing the, uh, the restrictions. Hmm. Um, I think schools are still running, but they are, I think, optional at this stage. Okay. Um, yeah, I think if you choose not to go, you can stay home. Yeah. Um, but I think for us, I think, I think uh, I think I was reading. I uh, saw on the news last night they sort of announced like a three-stage plan to get everything back to normal. I think, mm. and it's sort of they're just going to do it month by month. So yeah. I think for Victoria, it won't be at least until I think end of June. Wow, at this stage, I think yeah, for for restaurants and cafes to open up again until the end of June. So basically, July. Ooh. Oh, hello. Hello. Yeah, sorry. Uh, oh, that's fine. The, the so, audio again. Sometimes it's yeah, this buzzy thing. I'm not sure why. That's fine. So, oh no, I just said. So, for you guys, you said end of June. So basically, the beginning of July. Yeah, um, I guess it's sort of like the ballpark date, and I think we're we're being a little bit more oh. cautious about the dates yeah. rather than sort of yeah. being too optimistic about opening up soon as well. So yeah, it's kind of just sort of have a right mindset, okay, we, we sort of might have to do this current state for a little while. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. Now, okay, well, that's, that's get rid of, the, now, now that we've done all the depressing talk, because I swear to God, like, <laughs> COVID, COVID talk makes me just really, like, not depressed, but just makes me, like, really anxious, because you can feel yeah. everyone around you is anxious. Like, mm. luckily, like, my parents don't work anymore, but, like, yeah. they're just like, oh, so they're just getting bored, which is fine, but <laughs> like cause they're just living at home. <laughs> but like for for my friends around me, like including yourself, like yeah. I can feel this topic is something that is sort of like this dark cloud that is just sort of like above everyone's head, um, mm. you know. And everyone, no, no one wants to keep talking about it, but it's such a 
constant thing that everyone you can't not talk about yeah, it. I guess you can't avoid it. You can't yeah, avoid you can't avoid it. Avoid it. Yeah, it. it just yeah. always come up in conversation, unfortunately. Yeah. So. Yeah. I had a friend like a couple of days ago said to me like he was watching um, I think just just a random movie and in the movie like they did the they did a handshake and then he just went wait what why are you doing a handshake <laughs> <laughs> or like and then another girl I had a friend of mine um said she was watching like a romantic movie and then they like hugged and he's like why would you hug a stranger like this is <laughs> and I was like yeah everyone's like essentially like hypersensitive about everything yeah 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 I guess some people um everyone takes it a little bit differently huh I guess for me I'm you know I still prefer to go back to the good old ways and, yeah. yeah yeah and shakes and yeah um so Another thing I really want to, that I'm interested to talk to you about is um, using new ways to promote um, your business. Because obviously, I think you and I probably see similar things when we were growing up. Um, people around us, our parents or, or people we know, like the way they do the structure of their business or the way they do marketing or the way they promote their business is very different to how we promote um, business now. Yeah. So I know uh, just before we started recording, I know that I was just talking to you about, you know, like, oh, I've noticed like your Instagram, like the, the Stoker Instagram page is getting like more content, like more updates. And there's a lot, even before the COVID thing, like you guys were just doing a lot more, um, um, content so it was that a was that done purposely or was that just because you started you, you had more time yeah or? um y- yes um i think well we were probably a little bit slow to the game <laughs> or myself anyways but um <laughs> to utilize social media as as uh, more effectively i think um, yeah i think um like you said like we grew up in a very sort of old school way of thinking and um you know like especially my parents used to have uh, a fish and chip place and you know i worked yeah. in restaurants before and they were, we were pretty old school you know so like, yeah um, uh, our old school way of marketing would just be through a lot of word of mouth and yeah uh, handing out flyers you know, mail, <laughs> letter box drops you know you walk walk down the street put mails in boxes and stuff like that and yeah, yeah. Um, i mean i guess some of those still applies but um Course. Yeah, but I guess like, or putting ads in uh, newspapers and mm. radio ads and stuff like that. But yeah. I guess, um, yeah, we're just being we're pretty lucky now that we have these um, social media platforms that are very cost effective for us yeah. small businesses for, um, to be able to get ourselves out there at a very uh, affordable price mm. and um, be able to reach a lot of people. Has um, it has it made has it before COVID, like that's just assume COVID doesn't exist right now. Um, has like you, the, the the store utilizing Facebook or Instagram or whatever you guys, everything else you guys use, has that actually drive more customers into your store or or has it not really done much different? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, um, oh yeah, 100%. Um, definitely we're get, getting more people coming through. People that don't know us are finding out about us. And, mm. Um, you know the friends share posts with other friends and they always sort of see what we're doing so yeah, yeah. definitely 100% it's made a huge difference for our business for sure yeah um, okay because I yeah because and then I remember you saying you got a staff member 
like her her job or his job is just Instagram or social media, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. last year, um, one of my uh, yeah, one of my long term staff, she's she's also happened to be um, studying um, media marketing as well as a degree. So yeah, um, so I let her took over that role mm-hmm. um, to do it do a better job than myself because you know um, <laughs> I guess like for me it was uh, I just have so much going on sometimes that yeah, I forget to post or I forget to do this and or, and what sort of have a constant sort of posting and yeah. or having having a sort of sometimes you're just in a rush you just put something out that's just terrible anyway so <laughs> So, so it's better yeah. to have someone sort of dedicated putting the effort in and putting mm-hmm. um, putting uh, using her creativity as well to to um, create some other new new contents that I myself yeah. can't come up with. So yeah. um, that's helped uh, helped a lot. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, because um, how how better, hard better to it? get someone dedicated to do it. Yeah. How hard? I'm I'm. I'm I'm just really curious because um you pro- you you know that I'm sl- I'm trying to um uh, slowly get a business going on as well like I I've, yeah. I've got a small little um tuition thing going on but mm-hmm. one thing I wanted to ask you was do you feel that you've made it or do you feel that you can always do more as a business owner like do you because I feel like looking at so many people, like in your generation or even or, or us now, I feel like a lot of times, like if they are really passionate about it, they never feel satisfied. But I, but then it's sort of, it's like a double-edged sword. Like it, it's good <laughs> that they want to keep going, but it drives yeah. them, it, it eats them up. Uh, and how, how do you say, yeah, no, I, no, definitely I agree with you. Like um, I think this, there's always, you can always see room for improvement and you can always see new opportunities. Mm. Um, and yeah, you just want to keep pushing yourself. I guess it's, yeah. Um, and like you said, there's a double-edged sword. Sometimes you just keep pushing and you don't know when to stop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that's, uh, that's what the mentality is like for us. Because you do crazy hours, like you do crazy hours. <laughs> that I'm like, yeah. how do you not sleep? <laughs> <laughs> even even i think as soon as i knew about you doing it and i remember you telling me like oh yeah i, I don't really sleep i'm like wait what do you mean you don't sleep and you're like oh i do this and then i, I wake up this ridiculous time to go to the market to get food ingredients and whatever and then like and i realized jesus christ like you you actually yeah you don't sleep you're right <laughs> like, but do you don't i don't know food? i don't really think about it too much you know i think you just when when you have like a goal that you want to achieve and mm. you kind of just just get up and do stuff, <laughs> so it's just kind of like yeah, you just you just don't really think about that too much. Kind of you just know what you got to do and you just got to get up. You got to do you got to do this. You got to do that. Yeah, I, I think it's also I think probably not. I wouldn't say like it's like a work ethic. I think I'm just working to what I'm like naturally as well. I think mm. um, if you told me to sit well. in the office, I can see you pat- very passionate now, so I can't do it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm passionate for sure. Yeah, yeah but def- definitely I'm doing something I like, so it's different. And um, yeah, I think um, if you tell me to sit in the office for 16 hours, I wouldn't be able to, I would be, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be able to do that. So I think I blow my brains out if I've got to do that. <laughs> I, it, it's too much. I mean, 
in 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 the previous episode, I was talking to um, my other friend about um, like by nature, I'm a teacher. By by、mm. trade, I'm a teacher, and I like teaching. But I being a teacher for about two three years now, it's made me realize that I it's definitely not something that I want to do for the rest of my life. Okay, it's a it's a job that like it's pandemic proved, I guess,、yeah. because you know like yeah, your your front sort of your your t- I guess I don't know if people categorize you as a front line me as a front line worker, but anyway, but I still I will still have a job in the midst of like、yes. things like coronavirus or SARS or whatever, but it's just not something I want to do. And I and I talked about this with my friend the other day that I got to the point where I realized. It, it's just not my passion, and then I'm a bit more selfish. Like I, I, I would much rather just do other things. And and I think having that self awareness is a good thing. But yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, because I think a lot of times, you know, people become accountants or not sure anyone accountants, but like people pick jobs that they think <laughs> it's a secure, a secure position. You know, like because they can always they have got the skill, right? But.、Mm. But they don't like it. They don't. They don't enjoy it. And then they just they, like well, like like we said, they sit in the office for twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen hours. And then you know they have a lot of money, which is great. But they, you can see them just like, ugh, like fuck this. I don't want to do this again. Like dealing with the same shit. And then that was me at the end of my teaching when I was in UK. And then I came back and I was like, no,、yeah. I, I definitely don't want to do this. Hence why this podcast was,、yeah. I sort of started doing this podcast because I was like, I need a hobby. I need to do something that I enjoy. <laughs> like at, at least、yeah. it keeps me sane. And、yeah. because yeah. I know before you became a restaurant owner, you had a complete different、um, career path. Because I knew, I know that you study a completely different degree than. Yeah, actually, I studied、um, science actually. So. Yeah. What、um, was your degree? Actually, science、uh, degree in science. Yeah. yeah. Just science, but、um, uh, I think I majored in like biology and developmental biology,、mm. physiology, that kind of stuff.、Um, but yeah, I, I think.、Uh, well, I never actually.、Uh, I never went down the science path as a career. I've、mm. actually sort of. Because I, I did obviously a part-time job as I was studying in hospitality, and my、yeah. parents had a fish and chip place. So、yeah. I think I've always sort of been being involved in hospitality. So I naturally, just sort of progressed through, continued, continued on in the hospitality. Was the science degree something that you wanted to do, or was it something that someone else wanted you to do? <laughs> Uh, no, actually, I really enjoy the science part of it. I, I really enjoy,、yeah. even now, I still read up on all, all the you know sciencey stuff. I'm really interested in the on the knowledge, and it's really interesting to me. Think, Wait, sorry,、um, so, so no. Did you hear about the new、um, the new news about、um, Tom Cruise and Elon Musk going to space? Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna do a film in space. The guy is crazy. Mission Impossible, <laughs> just like we're gonna do it in space. I'm good on. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, it's just gonna be him hanging off a rocket, just like hanging on the side of a rocket going to space. And then they're like, "You can't do this. You physically will die." Like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I read that news and I was like, "What? <laughs> like, why?" Uh, 
But okay, so so the science degree was something that you wanted to do. So, but has it just become something that you enjoy reading up on and you enjoy like being yeah. updated on, rather than like a yeah, yeah. full time job? Yeah, I don't see myself working in a career as a career. I think uh, I, I really like the human sort of interaction. Yeah, I feel like in the science. Maybe there is jobs in science that's sort of more more sort of in that sort of communication kind of things, but uh, yeah. But for me, yeah, my passion is hospitality. I think. Yeah. yeah. What would what would a science job be? What what would that look like? Are you just would that just be a lab researcher, or would that be or would that be a because op- I, I know yeah, nothing I guess, about that. I guess I th- I think definitely entry level jobs are all lab work. Okay. Definitely. So am I assuming like you're putting like science goggles, you've got the, the, the white coat <laughs> yeah, the lab and, and you're doing Yeah, this? I think majority, majority of the entry level jobs when you first graduate would definitely be, um, yeah, definitely be uh, lab work, sort of just mm. doing repetitive work. Okay. Um, but I guess you can go into like field research and maybe this, this other areas. There's quite broad, but I think yeah. Yeah, entry level jobs are pretty much that. Oh, okay. It was great that you change course because your pancakes are great for 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 the people that have never been again you have this i i don't know if it's a new a thing that you created or is it just something that i'm just because i'm 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 an idiot that i've never seen it before but when i first had yeah. your pancake chips so yeah. what robin has done with his shop is you have a pan you have these sort of thin cut pancake strips mm-hmm. and then you curl them up and then you deep fry them yeah yeah so there's something sort of uh, we we kind of there's one of the chefs i can't take all the credit for it but um it's one of the chef's ideas to deep fry it and then sort of we sort of worked together and sort of perfected the texture so um, kind of had to play around with the thickness of the pancakes to get it right because you don't want to i think initially it was too crispy so it was too thin and it was Mm -hmm. really just too crispy it wasn't sort of um that nice so so our uh, we tweaked our recipe a little bit. Our pancakes a little bit thicker, so now mm-hmm. um, so that it feels more like a chip. So it has a bit of it has a bit of meat inside when you deep fry it. So yeah, um, so it works great as a savory. Uh, oh, yeah, so we, we serve it as a savory with uh, salt and pepper and bit of uh, seasoning. So it's yeah, with some with our mayo dips. So, it's yeah, so it's good. quite fun. Something fun to try. Yeah. Yeah, and then the um, what was the other thing? You deep fry that, and then I remember you also do this really cool like fu- not not a show but you do like a fire thing where with it with cognac mm. or something or or hennessy or yeah so one of them is with, well with um um orange liqueurs so like okay control or something like that um yeah but yeah uh we try and put on a little show like we light up we light up we do a flambe so it's, it's called a flambe and we just do the flambe at the table it's cool. i think it's quite common sort of in french restaurants where they do mm. the flambe's yeah. table for the, the for the crepes so yeah. yeah so what we do is pretty similar to crepes uh i guess technically you can call it a crepe but um i guess because we uh we let it rise we have a right a raising agent in our um in our pancake mix so it's more yeah. actually a pancake than a crepe it's crepes so that you don't really rise the mix for the crepes okay. um, so it's super thin so ours a little bit thicker so um yeah so i guess a little bit less common to, um less common knowledge about these kind of pancakes but it's more sort of uh, 
Eastern Europe, Northern Eastern European style pancakes. Like okay. uh, we have a lot of Russian families that come in and they're, oh, this is exactly how we have it back in Russia, you know. Like, oh, really? Oh, so, that's cool. Yes. Yeah, so it's a little bit different. So how we have that is sort of not, not like those American sort of buttermilk pancakes. So Russians are thinner? Uh, Russian pancakes are Yeah, thinner? so it's thinner, uh, but not quite as thin as the French. So French is sort of on the other end of the extreme where they go super thin, super flat, uh, okay. and a little bit more on the crispy side. Okay. Now it's sort of somewhere in the middle, yeah. Oh, I see. Oh. So how much do you, like, just want to die when you see, like, a f- like someone like me who just uses the pancake mix thing to make pancakes? <laughs> do you just go, uh, I No, wanna, you know what, I hate you know you. what, like... <laughs> It's it, you know sometimes convenience. Convenience, convenience is a thing. You know, like if that's convenient for you, then that's that's uh, that's what you gotta do. You know, so you don't <laughs> go to like when you're craving for pancakes, you just gotta do it. <laughs> so you don't. So you so you never done like you've never been on a date, and then the girl's like, oh, let me cook you pancake, and you're like, no, 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 this is not how you do it. <laughs> let me show you how to do a pancake. <laughs> I haven't had anyone make pancakes for me yet, so <laughs> we'll see when that happens. <laughs> Because uh, cause I feel like I would be that person. Like if I was you and I'm watching like even just like my family or, or my close friends <laughs> make pancakes, I'd be like, no, 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 no. That's not how you fucking make pancakes, you piece of shit. <laughs> although, although uh, funny you said that actually because um, I was watching uh, a video on YouTube recently. So this, this lady was doing a um, tutorial on how to make a souffle pancake. Yeah. And um, she didn't flip the pancake. And I'm like, what? <laughs> she just cooked it on one side, and that's it. And I was but like, what? But isn't the other? Wouldn't the other side be doughy or like still like mushy? Or yeah, uh, yeah, it just looks weird. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> so that was that was it's uh, like just common. Like, I haven't seen that one before. You like <laughs> commonly like you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so pancakes. Why not waffles? Are you gonna do waffles? Or is that like no? <laughs> Um, it's nothing against a waffle. I like waffles too, but I think, um, for us as a business, cause we're a pretty small place and mm. we're kitchen small. So we're trying to keep it simple. Like we don't want yeah. to overcomplicate too much and uh, yeah. do too much. Sometimes when you do too much, you end up the qualities, you can't get the same quality. I think consistency. I, I, I think I agree with that as well. I think a lot of times you go to restaurants where they give you a menu and then the menu is like, bloop, bloop. like if it, it flips out like multiple times and I'm like, yeah that i i don't know as a customer if i'm if you give me too much options i don't know what i want mm. if you give me like two pages i'm like oh yeah okay i can i can pick something from this i don't know like i feel like maybe that's yeah. just the asian way where like a lot of chinese restaurants <laughs> they'll just be like oh we can stir fry anything you want so like here you go boom 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 here's like five yeah, they have like a hundred a hundred different versions of that dish yeah yeah, and then like you call out, you're like, oh yeah, I want the um, 110. The you're like, Jesus Christ, there's 110 men- items on this menu. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So what's next for you? Like, I know, um, I'm sure you've got other. Is is Stoker something that you want to just continue perfecting and maybe even branch it out to like yeah. my side of the country? Oh, oh, that's right. How's that? back okay um yeah sorry i I was just saying um so what's next for you like are are you trying to just keep this path of perfecting stoker and then maybe even are you going to make it into like a franchise place like even come to 
Queensland or is it something that you want to keep like the same store? Or you, do you want, want a sponsor? <laughs> I don't have the money, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll pour all my friends over there. Um, I know like, I think I'm, I've, I've told a couple of my friends who's, who's, who does like trips down to Melbourne. I've always told them to go over there. And mm. I think that both of them have been there and then they've all, they've all liked okay. it. I think one of them was like me, was like, I never thought about fucking deep frying pancakes. That's so good. Like he was, <laughs> he was also like most people do, because <laughs> he was like, "Oh, this is this is fucking great," and I was like, "Yes, it's really good." But yeah, but I'm sure you got like other ideas you want to do. Like, would you, like, is it something that? Um, yeah, I think in the near future. I mean, uh, the immediate future is sort of like trying to get through this period of time. Oh, of and, course, uh, yeah, and reassess um, how we go from here. I mean, I guess. Um, having said everything that we've done, uh, we're not we're not really out of the woods here. You know, we're still still taking it week by week, day by day. So, um, so we'll see how we go. Um, but there were plans to sort of maybe expand, and um, there were some interests with some other parties then just maybe to take it to. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean that that would be that would be an awesome uh, achievement if we could do that. So the franchise that or, or open more stores, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean sort of. Always sort of contemplating other ideas, and mm. um, yeah, actually one of the one of the ideas I'm sort of tinkering with, or mm-hmm. uh, is probably doing some Taiwanese food. You know, since yes. we're both Taiwanese, yes, and, uh, yes. So, Get yeah, it. I mean, this, there is some Taiwanese food around, but yeah. yeah Do you um? Much. So actually, speaking of Taiwanese, this. This is a good segue to the next topic mm. that I wanted to chat to you about. Is my experience as um, to give the audience a very short um, background as to how our family is so close? Is um, your family was one of the reason why my family decided to come to Australia? Because I think when I was in year three or year four or maybe even younger. Oh, actually, no, year three or four. I think mm. my mom, my parents, like, left me with you guys down in Melbourne. So I went from Taiwan to Melbourne for like a semester, and we went back, and then, and then we ended up um, locating in Brisbane. Um, but what was your, and and you have a brother Sam that I know as well. Yeah. But what was both of your experiences like as a? Did you did you guys see yourself growing up as Australians living in Australia, or did you feel the the the, the Taiwanese like people look at you as a foreigner, people you people look at you as Taiwanese in Australia or in Melbourne? Mm, I think for us was I think we could we can probably for for us we we'll probably take it even a little step backwards. So we actually went to we migrated to New Zealand first, mm-hmm. right? So um, so obviously when we went there. Like I didn't know a word of English. Like didn't know. How old were you when you guys went to New Zealand? We went there when we were eight. Okay. Yeah. So um, obviously, I think in New Zealand, probably you probably feel it more in New Zealand because like it's we went because we lived in Christchurch, which is a smaller town down Mm. south. So there weren't there was probably the one one or two other Asians in the whole school. So (laughs) um, yeah. So you know, like straight away, first day, I was bullied the first day. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, some kid just like in my face right away, like making fun of my, uh, obviously my, my appearance and my yeah. color. And, um, they were calling me blacky wacky. I don't even know what that means, but <laughs> <laughs> so, that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, 
um, definitely felt it more down in New Zealand. Not that they were racist, but you definitely feel like you're the odd one out. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think probably easier as kids to sort of to adapt, I think. Mm. Um, yeah. So by the time we came to Australia, we were, I think, we were just, I was already in uh, last year of primary school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was sort of that sort of getting used to Australian culture as well. So yeah. it's, it's still quite different, quite a big difference um, between the New Zealand and Australian cultures. And obviously uh, the accent as well is quite different. So I yeah. don't know what kind of accent I have right now, but like it's probably a mix of both. Yeah, I would say so for myself as well. Yeah. But um, in terms of feeling out of place, uh, yeah, you kind of feel a little bit out of place sometimes. So I think maybe later towards my high school years, you know, mm-hmm. I've kind of felt like I'm not really, <laughs> I think probably a lot of people go through the same thing. Like I'm not, not really Asian, Asian. I don't really fit into the really Asian yeah. crowd. And I'm also not like super Aussie and I don't really like, I like a lot of the Aussie things that, um, but you know, but I still call this place home because I spent, you know, a good portion of my life here. Yeah. Majority of my life here actually. So. Yeah. I think um, one thing I've, I noticed that I, I had a an epiphany. Actually, this happened when I was in in London, where I realized mm. that when I was growing up in high school, like even into university, I was using. Um, I was essentially like, as a defense mechanism, I was, um, what's the word? I was trash talking myself before anyone does. Mm. Okay, I, I think that's. I think that's how I coped. Like, I had right. I had a group of friends who who I love and adore, but this was but I developed this way before I met my close friends now. But mm. I think the first I remember like the first school when I was in 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 Brisbane that I went to. I remember I felt like you. I felt out of place, and I think within the first week, like you said, like kids were like looking at me like, "Who the fuck is this?" weird looking guy fucking squinty eyes fucking like chubby fuck I don't know who this guy is but I think what I realized was as a kid as a teenager I would I won't because I my thinking was if I diss myself first or if I diss my own people first then like they wouldn't like they wouldn't do it to me like you know how you're you know how you know what's that I remember there was a, was it an Eddie Murphy joke? I don't know. I don't know. But one of the comedians, you know, made a joke where yeah. we're like, I'm going to kick your ass. And he's like, no, I'm going to kick my ass before you kick my ass. So fuck <laughs> you. You wait your turn. And I was like, oh yeah. That's, it, it, I think that's sort of like how my, be, how I behaved when I was a kid. And then it yeah. obviously carried on into high school and university. Um, but then the older I got, the more I realized Oh no, I, I still enjoy some of the like Taiwanese culture. So for example, like one thing I cannot stand is Australians walking into their own house with shoes and I'm just like <laughs> No, don't do it. Why are you doing Yeah, we still can't I still we, we still don't we still can't get this out. Yeah. So yeah, so I, it's and I but I think Australia I don't know what it's like down in Melbourne, but I think at least in Brisbane, the there's a racial profiling or racism, whatever that that's sort of not as bad as mm. places like America, because yeah. I think in Australia we just have so 
many different types of immigrants um, that mm. everyone's sort of like, no, you're just, I think, yeah, they're just sort of like, oh, yeah, you know, you're just one of us. We're all immigrants. It's fine. You know, the only non, no, non-immigrants are the Aboriginals. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was just interesting to see. But did you have some something to like cope when when it came to like you know as as yeah, a teenager sure. as a high school kid like funny funny you said that like um i also had a sort of epiphany sort of more actually probably more recent than than it was a while back um mm. i think um i think there was there was there was, there was one point in my life i kind of had to like um decide it's like hey do i want to be more Australian or do I want to be more Taiwanese or what do I want to be? And I kind of chose to be more Australian. And, um, and uh, so I kind of just really didn't uh, acknowledge the Taiwanese side of me. I kind of just like, Hey, I'm just Australian. Mm. And I, in fact, I've refused to speak Mandarin like in public. Like I, I just don't. And uh, mm. I, I have customers trying to speak to me in Mandarin. I just pretend. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, um, I just didn't want to acknowledge that side of me. I think, um, yeah, I think it was it just, it was easier to, to have one identity than to have multiple identities. I think yeah. at that time it was just easier to deal with. Mm. Um, so, and I think, um, I think that that point came because I was sort of hanging at, at the time was we were going to a, a Chinese church so uh, we had yeah. a lot of Chinese friends and so I started you know I don't know what if, if that happens to you but like when you hang out with people that you you start to talk like them you, know, you start to like yeah. pick up their accent and pick up their yeah. um, lingos and stuff like yeah, that so yeah, I was yeah. starting to sound I was starting to sound fog a little bit so I was, I was like so I was like what, what the hell am I am I just, like, and then like you know so for the people who don't know fog means fresh out of the boat <laughs> there you go <laughs> you learned something today <laughs> So yes, yeah, so we. Um, I decided to hate. You know, I'm gonna be more Australian. So mm. um, yeah, but it's only more until recently. Uh, I decided to embrace sort of the Taiwanese side of me a little bit more, and sort of yeah. embrace my culture. Yeah. Uh, is it yeah, because you so think now that? Is it because you you've opened Stoker and you've you've seen how open everyone can be? in in australia or is it just a a, a self imp- like uh, you're, you're oh you're just it's sort more of more of a self thing yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. i think australia is pretty okay like um i think especially yeah, i think definitely here in melbourne we're pretty pretty okay here mm. in terms of like multiculturalism and integration into the society There's, i don't think we have a big problem here yeah yeah i don't really feel it no it's yeah it's more of a no. personal thing yeah. okay yeah um and now that you've had that self-awareness of you know you want to embrace more of your Taiwanese side, is have you become more open to people who speaks Mandarin to you, or or do, are you just are you still like I I understand, but I'm going to, I'm going to reply back in English. No, no, I, I've I'm probably putting a little more effort into uh, talking to them in Chinese and uh, mm. also brushing up on my Chinese as well. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a while since I've used it, so yeah, um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no. I definitely uh, feel good actually to be able to communicate with them in a different language. I think it's mm. quite nice. And are you speaking? Because I I know that when I when when I was a kid, when I lived with you guys, 
mm. you and Sam, your brother, both responded back in English. Has that changed <laughs> for 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 at least for you? I can't you, obviously you can't speak for Sam, but has that have you yeah. just been speaking Mandarin to yeah. mom and dad now? Yeah, a little bit more. Probably 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 pulling a little bit more effort. How about yourself? Yeah. Do you do you still uh, <laughs> reply well, in English? Or, well, you still I think mostly in Chinese? I definitely speak Mandarin when I'm at home with my parents, even with my okay. sister.、Okay. Um, a because、oh, really? it's a maybe not so much now because、mm. there's more people who. Like more like foreigners who who speaks Mandarin, like you know more white people that speaks Mandarin. But um, I remember like the, the, our family are so united when we should talk one person in the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. So like, <laughs> excuse me. So for example, like, um, say if there was like a really loud like table next to us or within yeah. the restaurant,、yeah. and then all four of us would just go into like. We're gonna trash this person, but we're gonna talk it in Taiwanese or Mandarin, <laughs> and then. And then we'll just, and then we'll be like smiling. We'll be like, yeah, 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 yeah. But in Mandarin, we'll be like,、yeah, this guy fucking smells. Like, what the fuck? This guy's so fucking loud. And then we'll just like smiling. <laughs> and I think, I don't know. I think that's a great thing about being a、um, bilingual or multilingual person, because <laughs> you're just like constantly like, yeah, 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 yeah. What are you talking about, man? We don't trash talk. We don't trash talk other people in different language. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are、We're、you talking、so、about?、Nice. <laughs> We're all Zen. We're all peaceful. Fuck this guy, man. <laughs> Yeah, but but the other thing I really liked was、um, the because I was always drawn to ancient Chinese history, so like、mm. the Three Kingdoms and like yeah you know, all the all the different dynasties, all the dynasties, dynasties. So I naturally was still speaking Mandarin, and、mm-hmm. overall, I find the, the language itself. I think. A lot of times, I think Mandarin.、Um, you know, I I think the 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 language itself is beautiful, and I think the language, like especially like the visual of it, where where you can have one character and it has it could take on a couple of different meanings, or one pronunciation can have different meanings depending on what the character is, and it's all about context, isn't it? And、yes. And I always thought that was fascinating, and I always thought that was very interesting.、Um, so I, I always just kept talking Mandarin, and also the fact that we always, I, our family would go back to Taiwan more often to see、yeah. um, my grandparents、uh, when they were still alive, and my cousins and things like that. So I, I naturally just, and then I don't know, like I think I definitely am Australian, but like I, I, I cannot live in Taiwan. I don't think I can live in Taiwan.、Mm. I think just,、mm. just the way they think, people our age, the way they think, the way they work, the way they just their habit. Like I can't. I don't think I can deal with that because I think、yeah. I, I'm just way too different now. I'm way too Australian now. Sure.、Um, but it's nice. I think it's not for me at least. I, I like going back to see、um, what has changed,、mm. whether for for the better or for the worse. Um, yeah, I I still feel a sense of、um, home when I go back, especially、mm-hmm. when I'm in Taipei,、um, where where I grew up. Like I'll walk down, like oh yeah, I remember like this this and that, this and that, and things like that. So I I I enjoy,、it. and then me me myself, I I like to reminisce and I like to look at you know the things that were around me when I was growing up that I'd never realized.、Um, so、yeah. I I really enjoyed it.、Um, so yeah, I. But 
working or live or working and living in Taiwan, I definitely can't do. But I think I would like to go back there once a year or twice a year at at most. And I think mm. I get like a little little like a Taiwanese, like a little like like a little dosage of Taiwanese. I'm like, oh, bzz, back, great, I'm good, I'm good. I'll, I'll come back. And and I just I don't know. I I think my parents made an effort to make sure that we didn't lose our um identity i guess like where where, where we mm. came from because i think yeah. mom and dad definitely like they definitely love australia but um i think they made sure that there was a balance yeah yeah and also um i think my sister maybe a little bit less maybe maybe she doesn't doesn't i mean i'm just guessing here maybe she enjoys australia more than more than me yeah, but um, yeah, I I definitely try and keep a balance, and because I think it's important if I ever have kids, that I would I would want my kid kids, plural whatever, to have the ability to speak both. Yeah, I think that yeah, definitely would be hard to to manage yeah. that. I mean, I find it hard now because I have a little three year old and um. Oh yeah, how is he? Yeah, he's doing alright. He's doing. He's pretty bubbling, and um, but yeah, definitely teaching teaching another language in not in the when they don't have an environment to use it i think it's quite hard so quite hard to to do so so is yeah, he able to recognize a few words uh i don't know we haven't really pushed it by now so <laughs> we're not too sure you're but like yeah. ni hao so yeah we have to be pretty lucky we're pretty lucky that we, we grew up in the two different environments so we were able to be relatively fluent in both languages yeah yeah and your mom, I'm sure your parents would probably want him to at least understand Taiwanese and Mandarin to a degree, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think my mom tries. My mom definitely tries to to teach him a few things. Yeah. Yeah, but going back to living there, I guess I have a, I have a few. I do have a few high school friends that grew up here in Australia, mm-hmm. and they did end up either migrating to, back to Taiwan or moved back to Taiwan to live. And uh, yeah, some I think some people I open to the idea of living in a different country i guess i guess that maybe that's more of a personal thing i think um but yeah okay. so, but yeah would, i think that they enjoyed and they enjoyed the lifestyle there and uh, yeah when when was the last time oh one sec sorry someone someone's the door <laughs> Give me no, that's, fine, that's fine pause, let me pause it let me pause this all right cool that's all right that's all right everything all right new customer cool. Oh, good. Just someone doing the, some deliveries here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you were saying your hi- you got friends who's moved back to Taiwan now. Yeah, I mean, they look like they're really enjoying the lifestyle over there. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, maybe some people are drawn to go back to their country. I guess for us, maybe we enjoy this kind of lifestyle more. I guess. So, yeah. yeah, I think my I think my lifestyle. I think Melbourne is more down my alley because i do enjoy having a balance of that busting beautiful like city life but also like having the ability to sort of go further away if i ever need to but whereas i think um brisbane where i am right now i think it's a little bit of too much relaxation than (laughs) working yeah (laughs) i mean I, i how do you not i don't know like i'm looking at I'm just sort of, I've been comparing UK to, to Queensland in general. Like, okay. how, how can, you know, I'm like, oh, I finally understand why 
Queensland is so chill because how can you not be? It's always sunny, blue skies. <laughs> we have so many beaches around. And like, if you, like, I have friends in, who are teachers in Australia, they, uh, in Brisbane, they go, oh yeah, I just go to the beach after work. I'm like, yeah, you can't do that in the UK. You can't do that in London. You can't do that in a lot of, a lot of countries. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, yeah, but whereas I think I am at the point where I'm, I, I want to work, but I think Brisbane just isn't, there's not, just not that much demand um, for what I'm looking at. And okay. yeah, I don't know. And I think I just enjoy London, uh, not London, I enjoy Melbourne a little bit more. Because I mean, if London was a lot cheaper, I would stay. Mm. but oh, the rent was so high so high like ridiculous but yeah, yeah that's another story um yeah, yeah so. i agree with you i, I think uh, melbourne is definitely um, a place to be in, in terms of music and the art scene and culture scene i think this i think there's a lot more going on here i think yeah, yeah. i mean you're a musician yourself like you i, I have seen <laughs> no i mean i mean i've seen you like open up your stoker with um open mic nights where people do mm. uh stand-ups or they can do a little uh playing they can do or they can do some singing or they can do yeah or mainly musical um, mainly music based i think it's open mics so singing guitars like mm. sort of acoustic kind of stuff uh, there, yeah. there's been a couple of times where has stand-ups as well so yeah yeah um i enjoy music i'm uh, i love music yeah uh, as a musician, I'm uh, probably just an amateur, <laughs> just uh, just a hobbyist. Um, but uh, I really enjoy it. You know, if I yeah. definitely if I have more time, you know, I want to invest more time into it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think um, yeah, it's something that I, uh, yeah, I've been pretty lucky actually. I'm pretty happy that I was I was able to marry the two things. The two things I'm happy that I'm passionate about, the food and music. I was able to do them together in the same space. I think that's pretty. Yeah, I've been lucky to be to be able to achieve that. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that that's that's great. Oh, I think we're at the hour mark. Cool. Is there anything else you would like to add? Uh, no, just really cool to, to see you doing this podcast. I think it's great. I think, uh, you know, yeah, we need a new Joe Rogan in Australia, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's a high, high achievement. Eh? No, like, yeah. to finish it off, like, to, to be completely, like, honest with you, I was so into the long form podcast with um i don't know if you know this american Me too. <laughs> yeah like i don't know if you know do you know um jk, JK news? news yeah yeah <laughs> like i, I used YouTube, to just yeah. watch them i think i don't think any i don't think if you're not asian i think everyone knows them but they started like you know they do like really long conversations and then some of them yeah. started doing like their own podcasts and i started listening to them and then from that i started watching like listening to joe rogan and i was like and i was just like i slowly realized fucking hell like before bedtime i would just listen to like two hours of or hour and a half of like just random people talking and then they literally like they don't even have a topic they would just turn it on and they just go fuck i got a ticket today and blah 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 blah. and i'm like oh yeah that's so interesting i don't know why but it's really interesting yeah yeah it is um yeah you know like because i I used to drive i'm not so much now but like i used to be traveling i used to have to drive around for about two hours a day, I'd be spending two hours in the car, just yeah. picking up Nathaniel, coming to work, picking up yeah. stock, and pick, you know, I'll be at least like two hours a day on the car. And that's what got me through just listening to podcasts and yeah, yeah something something just to have listen to is quite uh, in the car, it's quite nice. Yeah, 
And then from th- listening to podcasts, I'm slowly going towards audi- uh, like audiobooks, like Audible. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because I, I was like, oh, if I can listen to podcasts, I might as well listen to a book. Like, I know <laughs> a lot of, I think, I think purists shit on people who use Audible. They're like, it's not the way to read. But I'm like, well, I don't, I don't really have, because I find reading after like, 10 pages i find it after that it's quite tiring even if i'm interested mm. but yeah. whereas like if i just have it on my headphone like you said driving was a big thing for me yeah or doing my exercises and i just have the podcast or i have the audiobook just yeah. in my head in my head just like constantly like feeding me what's going on and i and i don't I, I find that quite quite enjoyable and so and but the other thing was that i realized I got better at talking as a teacher mm. because as as you can probably under guess, like as a teacher, you have to simplify a lot of things. You, you, you can't feed, you know, all the information at once. You've got to sort of like drip it, but in a very clear, concise way. Mm. And I realized I wasn't very good at it because I do rent. I just rent a lot. Like I'll say blah 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 blah, blah and then da, 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 yeah. and then like it just goes, sort of goes and then <laughs> and I was like well maybe if I'm talking to people if I just record people talking to people like I might be, be might get better at talking like I'll give you one yeah. example I was listening back to my previous episode um, and I realized I was saying the word like a lot. And I wanted to go into the screen and punch me in the fucking face. I was like, stop saying that word. It's so annoying. It's funny listening back on yourself, isn't it? It's really funny. <laughs> yeah. And I go back and I'm like, like this, like, like this. I'm um, like, 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 like. And I'm like, oh my God. And I have people coming to me saying, oh, I really enjoy what, you, um, what you're doing. It's great. I'm like, see, there it is. I said it. I just said it. <laughs> but anyway, it's yeah. It's so that's the two main thing. I like talking to people, and I want to get better at talking in general. So that's sort of yeah. what is going on with this podcast. And I might call it a, something a little bit. I might not keep the name because I only thought of the name because it was something that was something that I always have because. Coffee hasn't appeared in any of your episodes yet. So. Hey, 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 right here, right here, right here, right here, right here. I, I tried a little bit, tried a little bit. <laughs> because when, you know, when, if you come to my house or if I go to your shop, you know, like, you know, the first thing people usually ask is, what would you like, you coffee, coffee or tea? Yeah. You know, yeah. and I was like, well, coffee or tea. There you go. But thank you very much, Robin, for being here. Thanks, man. It's good everyone, to uh, catch up with to, you, actually. Yeah. Everyone, please go to his shop, Stoker. Do you have a website? <laughs> Yes, uh, stokersfarmpancakes.com. Stoke, yep, just uh, www.stokersfarmpancakes.com and my uh, Instagram handle is at stokersfarmpancakes. Um, yeah, so you'll find us there. It's fucking delicious. You should go. All right. All right, everyone. I'm going to finish it up here. Thank you very much. Bye. Thanks for having me.